Hello, Ratio shareholders, and welcome back to another monthly show. My name is Ross Briley. How are you? I am cold. Uh, winter is well and truly here, that is for sure. December is uh, uh, pretty much uh, on the doorstep. Christmas is just around the corner. Uh, we put the Christmas tree up last night, and uh, although I grumbled at the time, it is actually quite nice to have a bit of sparkle uh, in the living room. Well, what have we got for you this month in the monthly show? A bit of feedback, well, quite a bit of feedback actually from, uh, from owners saying that the monthly show is often uh, quite long. It feels like uh, the entire month condensed into one uh, YouTube video. So uh, from here on in, we're going to make it a little shorter, a little sweeter, uh, and a little more focused uh, on a couple of things. Uh, now, if you haven't seen on the Facebook group, uh, there is a thread which I will bump called No Stupid Questions. Uh, I'm going to uh, start compiling uh, videos where we answer uh, any questions you have about race share, about horse racing, about breeding, about quite literally whatever you want to know in the game. Uh, race share is inclusive, it is open, it is non-judgmental. So what do you want to know? We will answer it. Uh, no time for that this month though, because we've got an interview uh, with the wonderful trainer, Jamie Snowden, who of course uh, has taken care of one of the two new race share recruits in the shape of our uh, juvenile hurdling uh, Hope Golden Maverick. He'll be uh, telling us exactly uh, what to expect from Golden Maverick over the winter months, very shortly indeed. I also catch up with Ollie Bell and we have a fantastic chat about what he's learned uh, about being a, a racing broadcaster over the past 10 years, sparked by something that I asked Jamie in this interview coming up. So I uh, hope you enjoy another monthly uh, show here from uh, Race Share and we hope that you've enjoyed 2023 uh, as Race Share shareholders. Uh, right, without further ado, let's catch up with Jamie Snowden. So for this month's uh, monthly show, uh, delighted to be joined uh, by the one and only Mr. Jamie Snowden. Uh, now, if you haven't already uh, bought a, a share in Golden Maverick, hopefully in the next 10 or 15 minutes, we're going to convince you that it's a pretty good idea uh, because uh, exciting times uh, with a, a new recruit fresh off the flat uh, and a, a new trainer to the race share ranks as well. And, uh, and Jamie, first things first, how the devil are you? Yeah, really, really good. Thanks, Ross. Um, thankfully, we're, we're all well. The horses are in good order. And um, yeah, thankfully, we started the season well. So uh, long may the luck continue. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice when the um, when a couple of your stable stars come out and do the business first time out, isn't it? Obviously, um, what, what's been highlights so far? I, I mean, I was personally impressed with you wear it well, obviously. She, she looked fantastic last year. She looked even better at Weatherby. Yeah, you're kind. She... Um... Obviously, she had a phenomenal year last year, um, winning a couple of couple of grade twos, obviously culminating in, in winning at the festival, which was uh, a, a great highlight for all of us. And, um, you know, when you have a, a nice mare like her or a nice horse like her, it's always uh, it's always a dream to put them out in the field and, and uh, get excited for the following year. But um, they need to they need to go and do it. And, and obviously, thankfully, she did. She, she won very nicely up at Weatherby on Charlie Hall Chase Day, that was uh, in a listed contest carrying a penalty. So she won that really, really quite impressively. So, uh, yeah, listen, it's um, it's exciting and hopefully all roads lead back to Cheltenham again in March. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and she uh, she wasn't she wasn't scared of that hill last year. So uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll look forward to her returning. Um, let's just um, let's have a chat about uh, a Golden Maverick in, uh, in particular. Uh, and um, and I know if people have got shares in him or are thinking about it or getting excited uh, about his uh, his first run. Um, they're going to want to know, you know, how it works at, uh, at the stables for him, because you've got a fresh recruit. Obviously, he's had a fantastic season on the flat, but it's a completely different ball game now. Talk us through what you've done since 
since he's joined the team? Well, to be honest, quite honest with you, we've done nothing since he's joined the team. He, um, he, he'd been he'd been very busy on the flat this summer. He'd run a, run an awful lot, and, and you know we had a good chat about what what our plans um, would be to, to to obviously let him um, you know maximise his potential as a juvenile hurdler, and and we felt that if we kept him on the go um, without giving him a little bit of a break, uh, he would have probably struggled come the spring. And, um, you know, horses need a, a little bit of a downtime at some point, like all of us. And so having been to been to the sales and been through the ring, we thought now was actually the perfect opportunity to to give him that downtime. So he um, he went up to AP McCoy's, which is uh, where we use for a bit of bit of downtime just up here at the top of Labon. And um, he was going out in the field, coming in at night, having a, a good, good bit of grub and keeping warm and just just having a, a, a month off. Um, We've got him back, ridden, ridden away this week. Um, we've been back on him this week, just trotting away, hacking away. Um, we'll, we'll look to bring him back to Folly House this coming week. So he's going to come back down to us this coming week. And, and then we'll get him into, into the sort of rhythm of everything down here. Um, we've obviously got to teach him to jump. Um, and so we'll start off over the poles and the barrels and gently, gently sort of educate him into getting his feet off the ground. Um, and then the more we do with him, the, 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 the more jumping we'll do, the more exercise we'll do with him. And, uh, and then hopefully he'll be ready to go soon into the new year. Uh, and talk to us about that. You're saying about te- teaching him how to, uh, how to jump. Now, obviously, juvenile hurdling, is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a strange mix of horses, isn't it? There's not many divisions where you might get you know, a future champion hurdle winner and a future dual grand national winner. Uh, <laughs> it's, it is a, it's, a, it's a bit of an interesting mix. And... At this stage of your of a horse's career, whether they've they've just whether they've not even seen a race course at all, or they've had a busy flat season, um, how do you how do you teach them how to jump? How do you know? Do, do some of them come in and just take to it naturally? Do some of them take a take a, 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 a real concerted effort to 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 teach them a new discipline? Yeah, you're right. Some some take take to it like a duck to water, and others others need a bit more bit more education. It's a bit like children in school, really. Sometimes you know um, they, they they get their timetables, and sometimes it takes it takes a bit of drilling into them. Um, so, firstly, we'll, we'll just put them into the outdoor school, and and we 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 ride them up there. Some people do lose schooling, but we we ride them, and we just get them over a pole on the ground, quite literally, just get getting them to to lift a leg over a pole on the ground, and um, and then gradually increasing the size of that pole, um, putting in some barrels and just getting them getting them to, to lift their legs and get from A to B. Um, you want the jockey to, to sit as quietly as they possibly can to allow them to, to learn themselves, yeah. um, you know, stretching their back and their neck and making a nice shape over them. And um, doing it all very, very gently, quietly, slowly. Um, and the more they do, the, the more they get it, that becomes a, a repetition. It becomes a drill, and then once they're once they're jumping over the barrels proficiently in the outdoor school, we'll get them over over the baby hurdles um, on the all weather, and then we will get them over the baby hurdles on the grass, and then we'll get them over the, the the bigger hurdles on the all weather, and then the bigger hurdles on the grass, and and it's a gradual kind of increase to, to where they are. And obviously, that to start with, they'll follow a horse and. And and then they they slowly we slowly introduce other horses in around them and amongst them and and then maybe put them in front and 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 just literally bit by bit week by week day by day um, you know the horses become far more proficient and and, and better at it but um, some take more work than others but uh, yeah it's just a, a gradual repetition process really. 
So it's very systematic, yeah, by the sounds of things. Um, yeah. I've got a bit of a pet theory about, about, about trainers, and it's that they sort of after about 10 years, I feel like you see a trainer really, really hit their stride and, and, and find, find what they're good at and how to do it. And is, is, is part of that process, you're talking about that process now as if, as if it's almost second nature. Has it, because over the past few years, your, your numbers have, have gone up, the, the, the quality of your horses maybe have gone up. Um, do you feel like you've, you've hit your stride over the last few years and have those systems really bedded in recently? Do you feel, or, or, or is my pet theory absolute poppycock? No, listen, you're, you're probably very, very true. Um, I get, it's funny one of those things. You probably, other people look in and probably see things um, from a different angle than perhaps we do. But um, I suppose we've been, we've been lucky. Um, we, we built up over, over the course of the last 12 years since we've been at Folly House in Lambourne, we've sort of really, you know, we were lucky. We had a festival winner very early in our career. 2014 was our first Cheltenham Festival winner. And um, although there was a nine year wait before the next one, um, hope, hopefully we're not waiting another nine years for, for, for the third. But uh, no, I'd like to think that the foundations have been built here and, and we've got a good system in place. We've got a great team of staff in place. Um, the facilities are second to none, obviously in Lambourne, and and uh, as you say, we're we're getting better quality horses through, you know, through in through the doors into into Folly House, and you know, at the end of the day, you, you know, you can't you can't do it without the horses, and and thankfully we we do have a, a nice bunch. Um, now, Gerald Maverick specifically, he's uh, based on pedigree. Um, again, juvenile hurdlers. It, it it used to be, you know, people used to go to the sales and buy a 90 rated horse off the flat for as much as they could afford send them over hurdles and hope for the best it's it's a bit bit different these days um you had tornado for example run the other day come over from france uh golden mavericks by zarak there's a very there's a real french pedigree in there as well um is how do how do the french breads uh fare up compared to your your more traditional uh british national hunt uh, uh bread uh individuals is there is there a difference you see yeah, so um, I suppose several several questions in all of that. The first thing, I'll, yeah, sorry, that's, that's the, I'm just there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, the first thing I would say about about juvenile hurdlers um, these days is is sorry about the noise. I think the kids are watching the first at Ascot or something. Um, <laughs> it might be Liverpool and uh, Liverpool Man City may be playing as well. Who knows what's happening? <laughs> yeah, we're, the, the boys are supporting Arsenal, so I, I think we got Brentford later on. Is it? I, I can't remember. Um, anyway, um, yeah. So juvenile hurdlers, it's very these days, it's becoming increasingly hard, harder to buy juvenile hurdlers because a lot of the the, the decent ninety plus middle distance flat horses are, are obviously going abroad, and um, you know that the, the, these horses are going abroad for a considerable um, amount of money when they're being sold at the sales. So it's very hard to be buying juvenile hurdlers. Um, so yeah, listen, um, the, the, the the Gold Mavericks by Zarak who. I think is going to be a proper um, jumping star, Zarek the Brave, and um, Bo Zenith is another good horse by Zarek. Um, well, actually, I've noticed that every single one of his runners who've gone over hurdles have either win or play, have won or plays, and it's a very small sample size. But that's a that's a good sign for a oh, okay, well, we'll keep an eye on this guy for uh, uh, for potential future stars. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and this chap's got got a got a great sort of profile, you know, a mile two, um, you know, a multiple winner over over a mile two on the flat to, to go jumping, mid uh, mid eighties kind of horse is is um, it, it's the perfect kind of profile to go jumping with. Um, 
he's a, he's a nice compact type. Um, he looks like the type that's going to going to jump. You know, he's an athletic individual. So um, he's got the right he's got the right mould, and 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 hopefully we can just sort of put the finishing touches to him and and develop him. But as far as the the French players, obviously we had Tornio finish second first time out over hurdles yesterday. He showed a greater uh, a level of ability yesterday. He did a few things wrong. Um, he was a little bit keen early on. Uh, he jumped the first two really nicely. Then he was a little bit keen and Gav sort of let him go to the front. And then he got to the front. He, you know, he saw saw a hurdle and kind of, you know, jumped it a bit big and bit out to his right. And then he got going. And then he sort of gave the second last a bit of a bit of a knock. And then he was done for a bit of toe. And then he jumped the last well and stayed on nicely up the running. So he did a lot of things wrong yesterday, but he showed to me that that he's got ability and. We just need to hone those those things, put them in the right direction, and and we should see a, a far better performance on this next start. And I suppose that that's it. As much as you do at home, ultimately they've you know they've got to get on the track and do it on the track as well. But he's a very different horse. He'd only had six starts on the flat, so he's still quite a raw, immature individual as well. So whereas Golden Maverick, you know, he's 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 had more racing on the flat, so he's probably a hardened. Um, warrior, more of a hardened yeah. warrior than perhaps Tornio might be at this stage of his career. So, um, you know, obviously we're, we're, we're starting a little bit later in the season with him, having bought him a bit later. But um, once he gets jumping up and running, we're going, you know, the, the, we'd like to hope that we can get him going in, in, in January time. And, and um, you know, there's there's a, a, a Channel Festival in March, which would be lovely to think that we can, uh, we can sort of aim towards. I mean that's the joy of it, isn't it? Because um, it, I mean, if you if you said to me go to the sales and buy a Triumph Hurdle horse, I go okay. I want a sire with 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 a couple of recent half decent horses in the same division. I want him to be tough and determined. I want him to know how to win a race. Uh, you know, I, I want him to definitely at least stay ten furlongs, find plenty for pressure off the bridle, uh, and send him to an up and coming trainer who's, who's having a cracking season or two. I mean, it's it's. But then the excitement builds so much that in my head we've already won the Triumph Hurdle. Then. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, as easy as that it's easy we'll as that we'll certainly enjoy that that's that's for sure but like you say um the, the, we're living the dream aren't we ultimately um and 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 the the the, the bubbles the bubbles there and we're, we're all in it and um listen that's 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 the excitement that's what gets us out of bed in the morning and and it's the the hopes and the dreams of, of future successes which hopefully god maverick certainly fits the bill yeah so just to to, to to wrap up about him then in particular, so we're thinking maybe if all goes to plan, we'll see him jump a hurdle in public in January. Uh, and then obviously, you know, in an ideal world, we'll, we'll be ready for maybe a, a Cheltenham or an Aintree in the, uh, in the spring. But are we thinking maybe a, you'd, you'd want to get a couple of runs in before then? Yeah, I... I... You know how long is a piece of string? You know it's very it's very easy here in in, in December uh, coming into December. He's only just been trotting for 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 a week to to plot out a, a, a sort of plan for him. But um, yeah, a, he'll basically for for want of a, a cliche, he'll he'll basically tell us um, you know when he's ready and how he's ready and and what a you know what what sort of kind of ability we think he can get to. Um, you know, Nicky Henderson had a had a triumph winner that made his debut at Plumpton um, yeah. and won one race at Plumpton before going to win the, win the chance hurdle. Um, you know, it, it, it can happen as easily as that. Um, you know, so who, who knows where, where this journey is going to take us, but um, certainly we've got the, the right product at the start of this and hopefully we can have a bit of fun along the way. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then we'll just have to beat 17 Willie Mullins trained individuals and it'll be all be fine, won't it? <laughs> but, uh, so, Jamie, what, I mean, so I'm going to let you go. Uh, but apart from obviously Golden Maverick winning the Triumph Hurdle, what are you, what are your hopes and ambitions for you, for the stable uh, uh, for the winter? Oh, well, um, hopes and ambitions. There's, there's, yeah, listen, we just want to carry on. Um, building the momentum that, that, that we built over the last few years. And, um, you know, obviously we've had plenty of grade two winners, Cheltenham Festival winners now, and um, we haven't had a grade one winner. So um, that would be a, that would be a big, big boost. I think Colonel Harry's going to head for a grade one at Sandown in a couple of weeks' time. Um, we've got uh, probably two in, in what's now called the Coral Cup at Newbury next weekend, the Hennessy. And um, we've got, you were well entered in the fighting fifth. We'll have to see what the weather does and, and what happens with Constitution Hill. But um, we've got some really nice horses and we just want to go and win lots more races and, and plenty more nice races along the way. And if there was a, a, a grade one winner and a, and a Cheltenham Festival um, winner along the way, then uh, that'd be a massive bonus. Fascinating stuff then from Jamie. Uh, and as you can see, we've already won the Triumph Hurdle. Hooray! Absolutely love that response for him. Uh, it seems like a, an absolutely lovely bloke and a very, very good trainer to boot. He is in red-hot form at the moment. Uh, right then, it's time to catch up with my friend and yours, the one and only Mr. Ollie Bell, who is a little bit under the weather, uh, I think it's fair to say. Uh, but I can assure you that by the end of this interview, any sympathy you have for Mr. Bell will have evaporated entirely. We're back once again uh, with Mr. Ollie Bell, and um, sad news, uh, this will be the last week on Earth uh, for our uh, monthly show correspondent, uh, because as you can see in the shot, perfectly positioned, like some sort of scene in a Wes Anderson movie, um, the character's ill, he's not feeling well, we need him to be grey, surrounded by grey, looking grey, feeling grey, on death's door. Uh, that's right, man flu has got Ollie Bell. How are you doing, mate? I think, I think as you're about to hear, slightly more extreme than man flu, but um, I'm good. Why well, am I good? I'm not great, but um, I, uh, I'm i here. That's the main thing. And um, yeah, we've set up my camera and my scenery behind to mirror what's going on in my house at the moment, which is a very much a grey, curtains closed, don't see any other human, bunker down, get rid of this uh, kind of vibe. So I'm sorry that I sound like Marge Simpson. Um, but yeah, I, I hopefully touch wood. Um, I'm getting over the worst of it now. It's fine. You still look like Bart, so it's all right. <laughs> you can't make me laugh. That's not fair. <laughs> That's my one my one thing, mate. It's my one thing. Um, well, let's. I was going to ask you to try and get excited about the, the new race share horses. But... I am. I am very excited about them. I just might not be able to demonstrate that in song. I want you to get so excited that you uh, that you pass out, uh, which won't take long. But yeah, I've been doing that for the last six days. So. <laughs> but yeah, lots changed. Then we've um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's been a year. We've had a, we've had the first year, and we went that's that's gone pretty damn well. Let's let's reinvest. Two new horses. Uh, mm. One's going to win the Triumph Hurdle. Uh, one's going to what? I don't know. Win what? Could, what? What's Grabusto going to win? Uh, I don't know. So we could, Maydan, we a big handicap at Maydan or something. I don't know. Global, I like it. You've got yeah, go. Yeah. I was going to go. I keep saying all weather championships, but no, 
let's go to Dubai. Let's get yeah, that yeah. cash. Um, yeah, exciting stuff. Two new trainers in the ranks as well. It's uh, it's it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. I uh, I wrote about it in my latest blog briefly. I've had a small involvement <laughs> in a um. <laughs> that's pathetic. Uh, sorry, that was like the Zoolander, the black lung. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a small involvement. I had a small involvement through Ebony Horse Club, the, sim, uh, the charity that I'm a patron of, uh, in a horse with Jamie Snowden, sort of indirectly. And I was uh, well aware of his talents as a trainer, but also his very good updates, his um, personality, his personable nature, you know, things that are really important, I think, outside of fundamentally being able to train. So for everyone involved in in golden maverick they're going to have a really good experience and the same applies to, to eve i haven't had any dealings with her firsthand in terms of ownership before but i'm really looking forward to this journey with her but i deal with her regularly as a broadcaster on itv and have to interview her seemingly every saturday when she has a big race winner these days because she's really sort of penetrating through into the top tier i think Eve. Uh, she's had big winners at, at Ascot recently, at Epsom on Derby Day. You know, you name it, a big festival, Eve's got a winner there. And we obviously hope that Robusto can do that for us as race share. But, um, you know, the horses the horses are absolutely in, in very, very capable hands. And not only are they, as, as I say, really talented trainers, they're also, you know, going to be brilliant race share owners because I think what I've seen through the last 12 months or the first 12 months is that there's lots of people who have different varying degrees of racing knowledge, uh, racing um, experience, if you like. Some people have owned horses in the past, some people have first horses, some people have never been to a racing yard. And in Eve and Jamie, they're so personable that they'll answer any question we've got, they'll give us the like most informative updates, knowing exactly the audience, I guess. And I think that's really important. So I'm excited to see uh, how they are as race share trainers. I have every faith that they're going to be brilliant. But also, I think in Golden Maverick, we've got a talented ex-flat horse going over hurdles with the profile of a horse to do really well. And well, the problem, I was saying, so, I've, so I've interviewed Jamie, and I'm not, I haven't edited this yet, so I don't know if this is coming after the interview or before the interview, either way. Um, um, we'll understand. But the two things, <laughs> the two things, we just make up as we go along, but yeah. the two things we, um, two things I picked up, one was what you were just saying there, whereby I asked, I asked Jamie a question and he gave me, an incredibly in-depth, systematic answer to, basically, I said, how how do you get a horse off the flat? How do you ho teach a horse to jump? We said, we need to teach him how to jump, but how do you do that? Yeah, and yeah. he gave me this incredibly systematic answer. And at the end, I was like, wow, I, I like, you've, you've explained that so concisely and warmly and openly. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I thought, you know, I thought I knew the answer, but I didn't know the answer. <laughs> and he gave me the answer. Um, but the other thing is, they're just, they are, as a punter, they are, there are some trainers you don't like backing horses from. You're like, well, it ran well last time out, but I don't know. I can't quite predict this trainer. They're a bit in and out. They run really well one week and then they pop up at 20 to 1 and you don't really, you're not expecting it. But, Jamie and Eve are, are they're, they're they're very similar in that they've probably got a roughly the same amount of horses. Maybe Jamie, maybe he's got a few more. I don't know, but they're not huge. They're not small. They're very very good at what they do. But like you said, they get they get better. They, their horses get better. They turn up. They're consistent, and I just respect them as well. That's yeah. why I really respect what they're doing to 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 knock on the door 
of the trainers who have wealthy patrons or bottomless pockets or 30 years of experience to really be bustling them up on a regular basis. I don't think people quite know how hard that is to do consistently. Um, and they both do it really, really consistently. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they do that. You know, they, that's the industry view as well. You know, they're very respected industry wide. So, yeah, it's exciting. Very exciting. Before I let you go, the one thing, uh, like I said, so I said to Jamie that my pet theory is that trainers have 10 years and then they hit the stride. Um, and they might have success early on, but I think 10, 10 years is a good benchmark of, oh, okay, this person's figured it out. Uh, so I want to ask you, Ollie, what is it in the last 10 years? Is there something that you've figured out? Is there something you've hit your stride? I mean, you're going to, you're going to the Bahamas next week, so poke is probably not a bad, <laughs> yeah. not a bad answer there. Um, but is there something where you feel, oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I, it did take me that long to to get on top of that. Well, I mean, I guess work is the obvious thing, right? Because, but what part of work? What what is it that you thought? Because because you've always you've been broadcasting a long time and you've yeah. been successful for a long time, but on the face of it, there's success. And then there's how you feel while you're doing the job, yeah. right? And that's really, that's a really interesting point because I was always like, I mean, it sounds arrogant what I'm going to say, but I don't, I'm hopefully no one ever thinks I'm arrogant, but like before I got on ITV, I was always tipped as like, well, I mean, I was yeah. the only young presenter really at the time. So it was kind of, I was like the new kid on the block. Right. And everyone was kind of like, Oh, you're going to be successful, right? You're on the path. And, and, and I was not, like I was myself, presenting always as I did and kind of didn't, it's a bit like my poker actually. I never really read books about it. I haven't really studied it. I've just sort of instinctively done it and done it my way. Yeah. And that was the same with presenting. But then I got on ITV and I got the ITV job because I'd always presented in my way, right? And admittedly, there's obviously a lot of luck involved and right place, right time, I get all that. But there's an element of talent as well, I suppose, I hope. Anyway, But what happened when I got to ITV was there was this big sort of network station and lots of people being like, oh, you've got to present like this on ITV. This is serious and, uh, you know, big, big words for this. And, and it's like it, it kind of got to me a bit because I was like, OK, maybe they're right. And maybe I have to, like, change a bit. And And I suppose my confidence in what I was doing went slightly. And for about the first year of ITV, I didn't really feel at home for a long time. You know, I'd left Racing UK, which is sort of my home professionally since I was 18. So 10 years, near enough, obviously, I had Australia in the middle. But then I got on ITV and it was it was something that I thought I had to do. And it was I made a conscious decision to go, do you know, what? I got here because of who I was and how. I, and But do you so do you, do you feel a bit like. And I'm sure people didn't say that. Maybe maybe some people did, um, but no one said. And this is all like internal. Yeah. That I sort of think. But do you feel like there was a feeling of like, oh, okay, everyone's tipped me for this. Now I'm here, and now people will be like, go on then. And I have yeah. to because there's, there's there's potential and promise is all well and good, yeah. but realizing it or doing yeah. it the way that other people expected you to do it as well. You're going to be this, Ollie, and you're like, am I? Oh, okay. And then you get the C told you yeah. now go away and be the person that I imagined you to be. 
No, I, I think it's the other way around, actually. I think they employed me because of who I was. And then I sort of got it in my head that I needed to do something differently. And they were probably, every, not that anyone said anything. Everyone was going, oh, you're great. Well done. Thanks, mate. But I think they were probably going, why is he presenting like that all of a sudden? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why is he suddenly turning into like some sort of corny, cliche TV presenter? So I think the advice I'd give anyone is like, do it your way and and like, if it's wrong, then the only person you have to like blame is you, right? Whereas what I was finding was I was getting annoyed with myself for like presenting in a certain way. I'm going, why am I doing that? And I'm being influenced by other people who are like affecting like how I'm presenting here. And I'm going, that annoys me. Like, why am I letting people di dictate the show that I'm presenting or like how I present it? And so my confidence was knocked for a bit. And then after I kind of had that sort of... um chat with myself if you like I mean it's sound a bit crazy but you know what I mean like I almost went away yeah. and went no like do we, it we, your all, way. We, all that. we all have that moment where you just go in mm. what are you doing yeah 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 and then what like I went into work the next day and I remember presenting the, the very next show and it was like fun and energetic and it was like a bit cheeky and it was kind of everything that you know I suppose people who would be complimentary about my presenting would say that there's a real authenticity in it. Like I'm kind of myself on and off camera. Like there's no different, which is well, I, think, I think the thing that the thing that comes across when you're broadcasting that, that is 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 really um likable and, and it's not unique, but it is fairly rare, is that when you're talking to someone, I genuinely feel like you're interested in what they are saying like you are your curiosity you're i'm talking to this person who does this thing and i'm going to ask them questions and i'm not asking them questions because it's my job to ask them questions yeah, yeah. i feel like you're asking them questions because i want to know the bloody answers to these questions yeah. which is which is rare because i think a lot of people go into broadcasting mode where they where they think of a clever question yeah. um whereas i think when i watch you i feel yeah. like you're in it you're in the moment you're in your yeah, yeah. You're asking the person what you want to what you want to know, which yeah. is like you said, doing it your way. And I don't really like prepare much, right? Like I know that sounds really bad, but I don't have like questions right now. I just sort of, yeah. you know, I react. And poker's taught me a lot. Anyway, I'm waffling, but the answer to your no, no, is this is. I mean, I'm going to edit the bit out at the start because this is much more interesting. So this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> poker taught me a lot, right? Because when you go there, you can't prepare. You don't know who you're playing against. You have to read the room. There are people from all walks of life. Like you've got to get a gauge on people quickly and understand like when to yeah. press up, when to go all in, when to back well, up. But the thing is, the thing is, like you've still got you've still got to know pot odds. But it's not all. If you just do that, you might as well send a computer, right? Yeah, exa exactly. So so there's lots of transferable skills which actually I've seen borne out. And fundamentally, it's taken me a long time, and I don't think I've ever stopped learning or like felt like I've cracked presenting. But I remember there was a moment where I went, right, be yourself, do it your way. And then once I did that, it was like a massive weight off my shoulders. And I didn't have that at the start when I was at Race UK. I think because the, the support and like the kind of growth I had at the company when I was, I was a runner, basically. I'd been there for a long time. They were all my friends. They were like really like hands around my shoulder going, oh, go on, you can do this. Like you're the new kid, go on. Then I got to ITV and it's a bit more like, right, everyone's kind of out for themselves a bit here but you need to do this, this, this. And there's lots of voices and like, you kind of go, oh shit, you're rabbit in the headlights. So well, I, see right. I, just watched, I just watched the Beckham documentary. And it's a similar thing. Like, it's like going, you know, he was in Man United. He was like, this is my club. And then he went to Real Madrid yeah, and he's like. Exactly, exactly that. And you're and like, like, like you're playing, you, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I'd ever call Matt Chapman a Galactico, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but 
yeah exactly that. and then, then you're working with different people some people are tricky to work with some people are really easy to work with and and it was just a bit of like a culture shock I guess and it was when I went okay now if anyone hands me another job or if I have to move to a different team down the line I know that I'm comfortable in my own skin as a presenter and I know that because I wasn't for a very brief period of time and I'm really glad I went through that because now I feel like not I've cracked it but like I feel like I needed to go through that and that was 10 years after I started presenting so that is the answer so that's my theory proven <laughs> the 10 year theory 10 years I've got a five girlfriends theory you know that <laughs> you, you marry your fifth girlfriend or boyfriend oh, let's go through them now please tell me this work oh god stick that little finger up baby I mean, <laughs> we... if we take out the ones that were at sixth form, where you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The school, yeah, we're not swapping biscuits. We're, to, we're talking. Is we're that talking. what you call it? <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Five girlfriends. I mean, you are right. Yeah, the first person I would consider my serious girlfriend was, and then yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah, right. watching this the game. Yeah, <laughs> they're partners. What are you counting? Nothing. 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 The thing is, though, I'd be like, <laughs> if you're in a relationship with your fourth girlfriend, you'd be like, yeah, yeah we're not getting married. <laughs> however, however, if you're married to your fourth girlfriend, then then there's going to be an awkward conversation <laughs> at the dinner table. You'd be like, oh yes, my current wife. What do you yeah. mean, my current, current exactly wife? That. Exactly. How many how many how many girlfriends have you had? Serious girlfriends have you had, Ollie? I actually haven't had many. One, two. Three. Three. Okay. So if you're watching and you become Ollie's fourth girlfriend, <laughs> just know it's got a time limit. <laughs> you ain't getting married. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I don't think we can top that, mate. So no, let's leave it there, I think. Uh I hope you <laughs> I hope you I hope you win the World oh, Series yeah. of Poker next week. Yeah, I'll be writing my blog from the Bahamas. And my blog will be a poker diary, and I'll explain my career in poker for people who don't know it. So it'll be a bit different, but that's coming up. Soon. It's amazing how at the start of this, I had sympathy for if you're not feeling well. And now when you ended it with, I'm going to write next week's blog from the Bahamas, all that sympathy went. <laughs> okay, I understand. <laughs> That's it for another month then. Uh, we'll be back at the back end of December to have a bit of review of the year. Uh, hopefully chat to E. Johnson Horton, like I said, uh, and catch up with Ollie Bell uh, once again. Uh, we hope you uh, enjoy December. Uh, next time I talk to you, uh, I'll be a whole year older uh, as it's my birthday in, ooh, I don't know, oh, for a day or two, something like that. Uh, when you get to uh, your late 30s, you tend to tend to forget about it, don't you? I'm sure everyone watching out there uh, uh, is, uh, is still young at heart, though. So uh, join us next month, uh, and, uh, and like I said, get involved on that No Stupid Questions thread on Facebook and we'll see what we can answer for you out there. Thank you. Goodbye. Good night. God bless.